The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, December 4th, 2022, on the basis of Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 10. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. What do you want for Christmas? Now, depending on whether you're a kid or an adult, I'm sure the answers will vary. For a kid, it's probably the latest toy or the latest video game, all the way up to the, most, the trendiest or most fashionable clothing and shoes. But for adults, it might be a little different. Instead of caring so much about what we receive, we wish more and more for things to just go smoothly. We want everybody to go get along. We wish for peace. Maybe it's peace between nations. Maybe it's peace at work. Or maybe, especially, it's peace at home. And we do our own things to obtain this peace. It's a very surface level peace, a very temporary peace. But I think our number one solution usually simply just don't do anything to disturb the peace. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about religion. We're not going to bring that up right now. In order for everybody to get along, we like to bury the hatchet. Whatever problem we have, we like to bury it and cover it up, and we don't want to dig it up or bring up anything from the past. And peace between each other is not the only place that we look for peace. In fact, with the coming of the Christ child, seeing him lay in the manger, God with us, people will also look for peace with God. And to do so, they, you see a rise in attendance at church around Christmas. It's probably an upping in donations. People probably have an annual place that they volunteer at their local nonprofit. There's a lot of places that we look for peace. There's a lot going on. And while I'm sure that all of us still look forward to Christmas, there's probably a universal sigh of relief when Christmas is finally over. And that's because the peace that we were able to obtain for a short amount of time was just that. It remained on the surface. It looked good for the time, but that problem is still buried. That hatchet is still there might lead us to ask the question, where can we find true peace? As we look at Isaiah this morning, we're going to see that he tells us not to look where we so often look at just the surface. Don't be content with how the surface looks. He says, no, in order to have true peace, we need to dig a little deeper. Don't be stumped by what's at the surface. Don't be stumped by a stump. That's the picture that he draws for us. He draws for us a picture of a stump. And what do we know about stumps? When we look at a stump, it's pretty easy to see that what's on the surface is dead, and usually what's below the surface is dead as well. But don't be stumped by appearances, Isaiah says, especially not by this stump. When we look at this stump, we see something completely different, something we wouldn't expect. Isaiah says, from this stump, a living plant shoots forth. A shoot from the stump comes forth. That's figuratively speaking. Literally what he means is that from the family tree of Jesse, who is the father of David, 
from this family tree that had nearly been wiped out by the Assyrians, that appeared as if there was no life left, a living judge would come forth. And Isaiah goes on to paint a picture of this judge as well. Except it's not just a picture. It's a prophecy. God is saying, mark my words. This judge that I speak about is coming. And he's going to do exactly what Isaiah says. And it's a terrifying picture. It makes us go pale in the face and weak at the knees. The picture that Isaiah paints. And how does he character, characterize this judge? He says, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. This judge will know everything. And with the Lord's knowledge and wisdom and knowing everything, he doesn't need any jury. He doesn't need any trial. He doesn't need a prosecution or defense. He doesn't need to look at any of the evidence. He already knows. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. He can look directly into our hearts. He'll see the needy and give them righteousness. He'll take a look at the poor and give them justice. All the evil of the world will be punished. All the wicked will be slayed. He will be the best example of righteousness the world has ever seen, and he will serve more faithfully than any servant who has ever served. Isaiah paints quite the picture of this judge. Are you shaking at the knees? If you ignore just a few words or phrases in there, maybe you'd be standing pretty confidently. Maybe we'd even pray for this judge to come because when we look at the world around us, we see that it needs justice. We want peace. And this judge sounds like a fast track to that peace. I mean, think about it. No more need for a jury, no need for a trial, no need for a defense or prosecution. The judge knows. Any crime that's committed will be justly punished almost immediately. Criminals will be put away. Homelessness will be solved. And every criminal, every war would cease. It's a fast track to peace. It's the ideal, picture-perfect Christmas. If we're talking about a judge that only bases off of what we show on the surface. If we had a judge who only based his judgment based on what he saw on the surface, I'm sure most of the world would actually feel pretty confident in their judgment. Because that's something the world puts a lot of effort to, of effort into. They put a lot of effort into what the world sees about them, what's on the surface. If you were to approach or look at anybody's social media, if you only saw what people wanted you to see about them, you would say, see a person that never has a bad hair day. You'd see a person that has a very happy family, a person who has a job, who's never messed up, a person who does the right things. They'd probably look at all the good things they've done, all the donations, all the good causes they support, and people would probably feel pretty good about where they stand with God. Do we fall into that same trap? Do we have a false sense of security in our judgment? 
if some random stranger approached you and looked at everything that you wanted to show them, looked at your social media page, they would probably assume that you are a very good person. I mean, you're all at church today. You'd probably be able to put forth a happy picture of your family. They'd probably be able to see all the causes that you care about that matter a lot. They'd see all the cool experiences that you've experienced. And when we look at our own evidence, all the good things that we bring to God, maybe we have a sense of security in our judgment, even if it's a false security. Remember what Isaiah says to us. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. Yeah, we might have a lot of evidence to bring forth. We might have a lot to show God, but God doesn't look at any of it. Would you still feel confident if you ripped back the surface of your heart, the surface of your lives, and shined a different light on your life? Instead of showing everything that you want to show, you showed everything that you try to put away, everything you bury under the ground. Would you feel confident if God saw all your problems, all your hatchets? When we peel back the surface, we come to a different conclusion. God comes to that same conclusion. He looks past everything we present. He looks past all the evidence, and he sees us for who we truly are. He sees us as sinners. And God's not the only one who sees that, is he? And it's not just you that knows that, is it? Even what we see on the surface, even what people put forth on the surface of their lives, when we look at it, if it doesn't match our ideal world, if it doesn't match what we think or what we think is ideal, then there's resentment. There's competition. There's a sense of pride for your own ideal. A sense of condemnation for anyone else's. Because everybody has a different idea of what is ideal. What's exposed when we look past the surface of our life? Sin. And it's not just something we see. It's not just something we see when we look at our sinful hearts. It's not a picture. It's a reality. It's what God sees. There's no evidence that we can bring forth. There's nothing that we can show God that keeps him from seeing a guilty verdict. So what can we do? John the Baptist mentioned it this morning. If we look at the gospel or at the gospel from this morning, we'll see a message that says, "Repent. Stop trying to cover up our sin with a band-aid. Stop trying to present evidence that God sees right past. Stop looking for a surface-level peace. Repent. Go straight to God." straight to our judge as you are, as sinners. If this was the only picture that Isaiah painted for us, this forthcoming judge that's coming to judge exactly what we've done and who we are, it would be 
100% rational and make complete sense if we turned our tails and ran for the hills to hide. But Isaiah paints the exact opposite picture. Instead, he says that that same judge, that shoot that comes forth, that living judge, also becomes a banner, a place that people flock to, nations go to, and there they find a source of rest and a rallying point. And not only that, they find a place of peace, of unimaginable peace. Isaiah describes natural enemies that are all of a sudden getting along. It'd be like watching the cartoon Tom and Jerry, and instead of always chasing each other, they're best friends. Or looking at Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd, and instead of always hunt, Elmer Fudd always hunting Bugs Bunny, they go out and get a coffee together instead. That's the same picture that Isaiah paints today. He says that a wolf will live with a lion. Or a wolf will live with a lamb, sorry. A cow will graze with a lion. An infant will play with a viper. That's an irrational piece. That does not make any sense. And yet, that piece comes from this judge. How can that be that a judge who sees us who we for who we truly are, how can that be that he is also a source of peace for us? Well, he points us to somewhere where we might not naturally look. Just as Isaiah paints a picture of a stump that by all means appears dead, the judge points us to a lifeless tree. He points us to the cross, where we see a lifeless body, the body of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died and was punished for all our sins. But he says, don't be stumped by appearances. Because from this lifeless tree, from the cross, life would spring forth three days later. And from the cross, we find a source of peace. And not just a source of peace, but a source of life, forgiveness, and salvation. It's because of the cross that we do not have to fear when we approach the judge as we are. There are actually two sides to repentance. There's a whole another aspect. Yes, we go before God with repentant and hearts that are sorry for our sin, but at the same time, when we peel back the surface and see our sinful hearts, we also look up to the cross. We look up to Jesus in faith, a faith that sees a Savior who died for our sins. That's the source of our peace. And while this peace will not be ultimately fulfilled with lions feeding with cows and lambs living with sheep. It won't be fulfilled until the last day. It's a peace that we can have now. It's a peace that affects our lives in the here and now. Yes, Jesus gives us peace between us and God, but he also gives us peace with one another. It's a peace we don't have to wait for. Yes, we breathe a sigh of relief when Christmas is over, but Isaiah tells us that we can breathe a sigh of relief now. No matter what's, what happens in our life, we will always be able to live with that relief because of our source of peace. It's a source of peace that doesn't just change how we act on the surface, but it's a source of peace that changes our very identity changes our hearts from having sinful hearts and it goes to our hearts and it changes them to be blameless before God. 
Your identity is now a child of God. You have peace with God, yes. What does that mean? It means we no longer have to grab at straws that we're looking for surface-level similarities to get along with people. Yes, there will always be issues um, and tensions between all of us, but that peace allows us to see past those surface-level issues. In fact, the very people that we might appear to be the exact opposite of, this newfound peace allows us to get along with them. It's an irrational peace. It's that peace that talks about a wolf living with a lamb and children playing with vipers. So who's the wolf to your lamb? Who's the Tom to your Jerry? Who's the surface level opposite of you? Are you able to see past the surface? When we look for peace this Christmas, remember where to look. It's not in a super glorious place, but don't be stumped by appearances. Look in the manger, the lowly manger, where you'll see God with us. You'll see the source of our peace, Emmanuel, Jesus, who came and died for you. That's a source that pierces past the surface and is much better than any surface level, any temporary peace that we could find. Instead, it's an eternal peace. Our Savior gives us peace with God, and our Savior also allows us to find peace with each other. Remember that as we look forward to this shoot, our judge, but also our Savior this Christmas. Amen.